Welcome to the Grace-Based Family Podcast. We're We're your hosts, hosts, Karis Murray and Michelle Brook. This is a podcast where we look at the power of grace in the everyday lives of families. We're excited for you to listen in on the conversation. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Karis. Well, we are together today in, uh, we are socially distancing, but together today in our own (laughs) homes recording for you. Um, and, uh, we're going to talk about eight eight secrets to happy families. And, um, I think, you know, this is all true all the time, but I think, you know, with so many of us still, um, in, uh, some kind of a quarantine or spending a whole lot more time at home with our families, um, this is more important than ever to kind of have some tips to, make this time together actually really meaningful and special, not just to survive it, but to actually be able to thrive in our relationships through a a time in our world that's been really hard in a lot of ways. You know, I I was just saying this morning um, that I am so, so grateful that our family has kind of laid the foundation and laid the groundwork to be a grace-based environment because Mm -hmm. it, it has, you know, that work that we've done leading up to this point on our relationships, it's really, really paying dividends right now. And obviously nothing is perfect and we get on each other's nerves and we, we fight and we, you know, snarl at each other sometimes when we shouldn't. But for the most part, we have healthy relationships with each other and actually enjoy each other. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, my girls are older now they're, they're teenagers, but, um, this can be true with any age kids, but it's like, we actually love hanging out together. All of us, Mm -hmm. you know, we enjoy each other's company. My two girls love each other. They are best friends and they actually like to hang out together. That has been a huge blessing because, That's all we can really do right now is hang out together. So um, <laughs> right. No, that's so important. And you guys, and I've seen this in your in your family is that you kind of laid that groundwork and did the the work of you know getting close to each other and drawing in when things were hard and giving each other grace. And so mm-hmm. now when we're all like on these mandatory lockdowns with each other, it's not so bad, right? Like right. you guys, you right. love each other You're long. Now, is it all perfect? No, but, no. Um, you know, you've just established some of these fun, you've got to lay the groundwork of these eight secrets in your family. And we're trying to do that with ours. And so, and these aren't hard. These are just kind of like no brainers, but hopefully these eight points can encourage you as we're all kind of in a slower pace of life to uh, connect and have a a happy family. Yeah, I agree. So So, let's kick it off with number one. Um, Number one secret to a happy family is to create traditions. So Karis, did you have any traditions growing up or do you have any traditions with, with your girls, with your family that you guys do? Yeah. I mean, I think traditions can be, can be sort of, big and elaborate or small little things. Um, you know, in my family growing up, my mom was big on traditions. And so, you know, and so much of that had to do with 
celebrating. Mm -hmm. And so whether it was somebody's birthday or whether it was uh, the holidays and kind of the things that we do, it's like it, it was important to her to kind of establish traditions and then to try to maintain those traditions over the years. And hence, obviously, things have to flex for especially times like this where, you know, you can't go out, you can't necessarily do all the things that you used to do. You know, for summer, it's like maybe your tradition was that your family went to a certain camp or went to a certain place or or had a certain, you know, vacation that you always go on or something like that. Well, all of that is really different this year. But mm -hmm. but that's why I think, you know, those everyday traditions are are important. And and I think we'll get into a little bit more of these almost traditions are are the these next, you know, seven things that we're going to talk about. But, um, you know, one tradition that our family has is that we um, right now is that we are in the pool in the morning together, almost every morning <laughs> and in the pool together, almost every night. Like love that's it. our new quarantine hot Phoenix tradition. I love that. Um, and you know, we're, the girls are older now, so it's, it's actually pleasant to be in the pool with them versus when your kids are little and they're just like cannonballing all over you and kicking you and splashing you in the face and <laughs> trying to keep them from dying basically in the pool. That's what it's yeah. like to swim with kids, your kids' age. Yeah. Um, it's actually pleasant with, with older kids. And so we just kind of sit there and we have our coffee in the pool and we talk to each other mm -hmm. and we have our coffee or, you know, we have either our glass of wine or, you know, soda or whatever in the pool at, in the afternoon, evening, and we talk to each other and, yeah. um, it's just been that sort of quietness and that stillness um, that kind of starts our day, kind of books it, bookends our day, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, another tradition I have is that I read to my kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I love that. You know, I have since they were little, and obviously they can read now. Um, they're junior, senior in high school, but we're actually trying to finish the Harry Potter series. Um, which I started reading to them, I think when they were like in second and third grade wow. and there's, you know, we're, we're on the sixth book. So we have two more books to go. And I kind of was looking at it, realizing like, this is my last summer with Riley, mm -hmm. my oldest one. And like, I get choked up even talking about that or saying that, but she's going to be a senior next year, next summer. It's going to be very different than this summer. Yeah. And so I'm like, we got to get through these books. So those are kind of our two traditions we've created this summer. Cause we really can't do any of the other things that we were going to do. So right. we're reading to them, reading Harry Potter to them. I love <laughs> so. that. I, I remember you <laughs> saying that you read to them. So then I try to read my book, my kids, but then, you know, they're that young age where they're cannonballing off the bed. I'm like, sit down. This is supposed to be memorable. Right. But in right. another year right. or two, we'll get there. But I love that. That's such a great time to connect. And I think the cool thing about traditions is you can always start them. So last year, I made this really good, like, emerald gumbo on New Year's Eve. Or was it New Year's Day? So I don't even know. But I was like this is a new tradition and they're like what what, what? i'm like i don't know i just feel like this is something i'm gonna start as a tradition is that i am going to make emerald lagasse's gumbo on new year's eve <laughs> okay none of us liked it, it was really yeah. i'm like don't care it's my new tradition <laughs> so people but um I think that's kind of like, it's never too late to start. We didn't have a ton of traditions growing up. My husband's family did. And one that we adopted, which I think is kind of fun is on the kid's birthday. Um, so his mom wrote out their birth story. So obviously it was like 
you know, kind of G-rated, not super graphic, but it, it was in right. first person. So she wrote everyone's birth story, typed it out. And then on your birthday, everyone sits around. You get to pick out your favorite sugar cereal because they weren't allowed any sugar cereal. So you get to get, you know, the <laughs> or Lucky Charms. And so we do that now. You get your sugar cereal and then I read their birth story. So it's in first person. Oh, yeah. I love so that. It's like, okay, you know, mom was feeling contractions and we went to the hospital and I was ready to make my debut, you know, so it's just kind of celebrate right. them. And then, um, you know, the day's all about them. So that's just a little, an easy tradition. I mean, so it doesn't have to be these huge things. Like, you go to the lake every year for a week, you know, it can just be little things like, birth story, a sugar cereal, gumbo. Yeah. My my traditions are always about food, but yeah. Yeah. A lot of ours are too. Never do. That's true. Okay. So Kara's the second secret to happy family is eat together, or as we like to say, rally around the table. Um, I know traditionally, like there's sometimes I, I like to buck the stereotypes, right? Of the full family sitting around at 530 eating together, because sometimes that's just, it's not practical. Like my husband usually works late. Sometimes the kids have sports. So it could be rallying around the table for breakfast. That's what usually we're sitting Usually we're grabbing toast or, or cereal together in the morning. Um, Another time, like when I was in high school, I'd always come home. This is so weird, but my mom would always make me artichokes. I love artichokes. And <laughs> fresh artichokes, she'd have like melted butter. And we would sit there and just me, my brother, and my mom, you know, my dad was so work. We would just rally around the table and dip our artichokes in like gallons of butter. But it was the best. I, oh my I remember gosh. that was the time that we like... T- downloaded our day and talked with our mom about what, mm-hmm. what we encountered at school. So um, do you guys rally around the table a lot? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you that sometimes that dinner hour is hard. Now, during this quarantine time, yeah, pretty much I feel like all we do is eat. Um, <laughs> first of all, all yeah. we do is eat. Second of all, we're together. So we're eating together mm-hmm. a lot. Um, but you know, back when life was normal and, you know, the kids had sports or activities or whatever, the, that afternoon evening time was just so spotty. Um, so you kind of have to find different ways to create that, that togetherness. And so, yeah, it can be a different meal. So for breakfast tended to be when we would eat together, although, you know, kids are rushing off to get, to get to school. And so I think that's why kind of this morning, evening touch point in the pool has been great because, um, even if it's not, you know, eating a meal together, it's being together. And there is so much research on, um, when families eat dinner together or, you know, kind of rally around the table together, the effect that that has on kids grades, you know, their, their, um, likelihood that they will do drugs goes down, teen pregnancy rates go down, all these things that are tied to that. But it isn't about eating dinner specifically. Mm -hmm. It's about having that daily predictable touch point um, with them. And so, Mm -hmm. yes, we, we are, but I have to admit, we are not great at eating dinner together. A lot of the time we'll eat in shifts or, you know, we'll sit around our coffee table and have our food and watch something. Um, but we're honestly, we're, we're 
we're doing well with eating together right now. I guess check back in with me if life ever yeah. goes back to normal um, and see how we're doing on this one. But it's a good encouragement. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, the third secret to a happy family is play together. And I, I don't know how much you guys do. It sounds like you probably do a lot, but we love playing. We love going to the park. My kids are, you know, three little boys. They're rowdy. They made up this game called punch the pillow where, where basically they just stand on our bed and hold a giant pillow and then like karate kick each other and try to push each other. <laughs> the they in a weird voice, like punch the pillow. And then they just take yeah. turns like punching the crud out of each other. So like, that's a game. We could, we have something called home run derby, which is basically like my husband trying to hit a wiffle ball over the back, like the neighbor's back wall. And then the kids have to shag all the balls and they're like, this stinks. I'm like, but we're playing. Like, yeah. <laughs> like no dad always hits like 400 wiffle balls and we have to go gather them. But I'm like, Hey, we're all together. Stop, stop complaining. So we like, you know, we're pretty sport oriented family. So we love to do that. But our encouragement is just, even if it's sitting inside playing Uno, like have a game night, do something yeah. fun together. What do you guys like to yeah. do? Well, we do like to play games and we've played more games since we've all been home. I just think it's just something we didn't make time for before. So it, that's one of the things that I really hope carries over is, you know, we've found some good games that we like and that we play together. Mo most of our games ha have to do with like, well, and my poor husband, he's more analytical. So he would probably like, you know, super analytical, like card games. But most of ours are pretty open ended and they're either like mm -hmm. word games or things that like we have to act out or whatever, <laughs> you know, us, us like theater weirdos. The other three of us are like love to do random voices and stuff like that. So we do that, but we also, um, you know, we like to go out on, um, out to the lake together we like to ride bikes together mm -hmm. we're not as sporty in terms of like strategy sports but we we can like put one foot in front of the other so we love to go on walks together um yeah you and, you're playing uh, yeah and we swim and and then my husband loves to make stuff like he's very handy he can make just about anything so we like to work on projects together we're kind of a project mm -hmm. family so we always have a project going yeah. yeah which is is which leads into number four which is so funny that like work together yeah. you guys i see you in my kids a lot you're always working on flooring like creating chandeliers out of barn wood like stuff that in my wild dreams i would be like i would have never thought <laughs> someone would do it. and it's yeah. awesome like you guys do a good job of, of coming up with projects and working and getting the girls involved well, too i pretty much have the idea and then i'm like mike you're gonna do this and he's like okay so that's pretty much my contribution mm -hmm. to it i don't really <laughs> I'm not, I'm, yeah. I'm good at looking on at Pinterest and finding stuff I want to do and then making my husband do it. That's, that's pretty much, the, pretty yeah. much the level of my yeah. talent. Like I can paint stuff, but other than that, so, um, but, but working together and I even think, you know, it's nice to have projects, but also just daily life, you know, living together as a family, there are chores that need to be done. The house gets dirty. Laundry needs to be done. Dishes need to be done. And so I think, you know, having a happy family often involves, you know, a, a balanced workload. Right. Um, and so I think a lot of the time, unfortunately, this so much of it falls on mom. I mean, 
research has Mm -hmm. shown that even when a a woman works full time, she almost always has the majority of the housework sort of on her shoulders. And it, it doesn't have to be that way. But I do think that as moms, we have to be intentional to delegate, right? Like we've got to, we have to sort of teach our kids, Hey, here's, here's what you need to learn how to do. And they're not going to clean as well as us. Um, at first, like we've got to teach them. Well, now you have one who loves to clean, so he's probably a great cleaner. So I guess I can speak for myself, but, but you know, them, them not doing as great of a job at it as you, or them taking longer is trust me. It's an excuse that like I've given to be like, look, it's just so much easier if I just do it, but they need to learn, um, how to do it. Right. Like it's a life skill. And, um, one thing that we do that I, I love to do, and it just seems to like take the mental emotional burden out of cleaning is that what we do, what I call blitz cleaning, where I have a list Mm -hmm. of things that need to be done. I set a timer for 30 minutes and everybody kind of knows the rules of engagement. Like be, be, I get all the, you know, product, cleaning products and, and supplies and stuff out in advance that they're going to need. And we start the timer. Everybody picks a chore they're going to do. And you literally try to do it as fast as you can. Now, obviously it has to be done well, um, and thoroughly. Yeah. But it's like the point of it is to just work as hard and as, and as fast for 30 minutes as you can. And then after 30 minutes with four people working, you know, blitzkrieg for, for 30 minutes, that's two (laughs) hours worth of work that has gotten done. And it's amazing how much we can Mm -hmm. get through in that time. And then we take a break and then maybe the next day we'll do another one for 30 minutes. Um, so and like you said, it's not really having your kids do this amazing bang up job of like precision cleaning. It's really just getting them into the heart of serving, right. pitching right. in, working as a clan. We have a friend that's a, a firefighter and he's he's super high energy. Uh, Johnny G is what oh. we call him. And if we're in a group setting and we're all eating a bunch of couples or whatever, our families, we're not even done like with half of our meal and he's like let's go let's go let's clean up because he is used to living at the fire station with a bunch of guys and everybody's cooking together everybody's cleaning yeah. up I'm like i haven't even seen a zucchini and he is scraping my plate he's like let's go let's go you're on you're on drying you're on loading i'm right. like well, I'm, can we sit can we enjoy but i'm trying to at least i, I appreciate he he's like we're all pitching in we're all doing this and he's the first one up yeah. to help clean yeah. up and just and yeah and, and with enthusiasm right. going like we'll turn on the music everyone cleans up instead of everyone just kind of wandering off after dinner right. and then mom or whoever's back in the kitchen right. so. exactly and and i think again like the burden shouldn't have to fall on moms to lead the charge on this but that's the reality of it is is that yeah. you know the parents have to be the ones to sort of create this culture of everybody helping and i will say you know my that now that my girls are older, I do, they do know how to do these cleaning tasks thoroughly and do them well, because we, I've taught them, you know, over time. And, mm-hmm. and they, you know, obviously there are lots of different right ways to do things. And, and I can get stuck with like, okay, there's, there is a right way to clean a bathroom. Right. Um, so I try not to be nitpicky on that, but it's like, remember that you're cleaning to my standard, not to your standards, right? Like 
we're going to do this <laughs> fast cleaning thing, but you still have to clean to my standard, not your standard. And, and now over the years, it's become their standard. They, they do know how to do these things well. So it's not so much that you shouldn't expect them to do them well. You shouldn't expect them to do them well right away, though. I think that's really yeah. important for, for parents of younger kids. They, you have to show them how to do this and mm-hmm. um, you have to, you know, light a fire under them because some kids are just going to do the very least amount that they possibly can. Um, and it, it's just, it's a process of teaching them to work hard and to work smart and to work fast and to work um, efficiently. So your, you know, your firefighter friend, he's just sounds like he's great at delegating and, and, um, Mm -hmm. and that's what we kind of have to get into the habit of doing too. Right. Exactly. No, for sure. Um, so in addition to creating traditions, eating together, playing together, working together, we want to encourage families to enhance or encourage one another's egos. So how do we spur each other on? And one thing, um, we do occasionally and we should do it a lot more is around the dinner table or sometimes we'll even do it in the car. We'll say, okay, everyone, we're going to go around and say one thing that we liked, like about Hunter today or one. Mm. Hey, let's talk about today. Like as we're, as we're starting dinner here, after we pray, I want everyone to think about one thing that made them smile that Brayden did today, you know, just something to encourage. And I just kind of usually pick one kid for the, for the meal. Like we don't take, We don't go around each person because then everyone gets silly and starts fizzling out. (laughs) Yeah. That's just a simple way that, you know, how can you encourage one another? And there's countless ideas. But sometimes I think we're so used to being around each other that we forget to look and we drive each other crazy being in families at times that we forget to look for the gems and like call out the the beauty and the goodness in, in each other's lives. Yeah. Well, you know, what I love about this one is it's one of those things that you can do both spontaneously mm-hmm. and can be intentional to do. Like you just described being intentional to to kind of pick a person and say, hey, we're going to we're going to talk about what we love about Hunter today and kind of go around. Um, but also, this is something that you can do in the moment. I mean, I think when we sort of when we sort of train ourselves as parents to sort of open our eyes and say, Okay, Lord, show me ways that you have created my, um, my kids in, in that's wonderful. Show me things about their character that are great. Mm-hmm. And when I find this to be most useful, honestly, is in times when maybe their behavior is, um, undesirable, mm. but I can tell that maybe that behavior comes from something good. Right. Right. So like a good example is, you know, one of my daughters is very good at arguing. Um, (laughs) she can argue you into a corner and convince you she's right. Uh, It's a skill she has. Right. Um, and so there have been times, you know, when, you know, I'm telling her something or, or asking her to do something or whatever it is. And, and she's, using her skill for argumentation to try to argue me into a corner where I've stopped and I've said, okay, obviously I don't like that. She's trying, you know, that she's sparring with me because I need her just to do what I've asked her to do. But this is a good thing about her. She's, we just need to redirect this Mm -hmm. thing. Right. And so there've been times when I've been like, you know what, can we just pause? And can I just say, you 
would make an, a fantastic attorney. Uh, if I if I were in trouble with the law, I would want you as my attorney. Mm-hmm. But here's the deal. I, you know, I am your mom and that's not the relationship that we have. I am not, you know, you're, you know, you're using your skills of argumentation against me right now. And I'm asking you to do something and I need you to do it. Yeah. But it's an opportunity, you know, obviously that's not the only way we want to encourage each other. We want to be intentional, like you said, and we want to just say, Hey, that was a really kind thing you did. Or thank you so much for being honest or, mm-hmm. you know, times when it's a positive, but I do think we can even look for those times in the negative, right. And go, okay, what's really at the core of this? And is it actually a good thing the way that God's made them? Right. Um, so that's just something to kind of, I think when we, when we, when we're conscious of it, we open our eyes to it. We see all sorts of ways that we can call out the good yeah. in our kids, in our spouses. Sometimes this is harder to do with our spouses, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, encourage each other and, and look for ways to, to, um, legitimately praise each other. Obviously you don't want to give empty praise. Right. And I try not to focus too much on things like my girls are both beautiful girls and we do tell them that they're beautiful, but that's the least important thing about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to focus on their character, their intellect, their, their kindness, that kind of stuff. Right. No, that's so important, especially I think for, for girls where so much is image. Yeah. For women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Where, yeah. Where the world is telling them that the most important thing about them is They're, how they look yeah. and their, their weight or their sex appeal. Right. It's right. just constant that message. And so it is one of the ways you sort of inoculate your kids, boys and girls against those kind of negative messages from the world is that we tell them who they are mm-hmm. and who they are in Christ and what we see in them. Yeah. Um, and it's important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, let's skip to the sixth uh, secret here. S- secret number six is pray together. So pray together. Do you have any um, tips on how you've kind of nurtured that spiritual aspect of your, of your girls and how you've demonstrated that in your family through the years? Yeah, I, I mean, here's the deal. I have never been one for doing like official family devotions. We're just not good at that. Like, Mm -hmm. um, we will fall off that train, you know, (laughs) within a couple of days. Um, just because we're just not good at, we're just not that disciplined, I guess. Um, and also I have found that it at least works in our family. it, It has worked better to create a culture in which we can talk about spiritual things, um, anytime. Right. And it isn't so compartmentalized. Now there's nothing wrong with doing family devotions together where you're specific to pray and to read scripture. Like that's great. And if that works for people's family, that's awesome. But if you're like me, um, that was an area I always felt guilty about for a while that like, Oh, I see other families doing this and we don't do this. But what we do do is, you know, we've always, we've talked about traditions. We have traditions around bedtime, right? We sort of have a routine around bedtime. And part of that routine has always been that either my husband or I, usually one or the other, um, will go in and we will rub our daughter's back. We sing the same three songs to them. My husband's not much of a singer, but he will still sing them their songs. (laughs) And after that, we pray with them. And they're 
you know, 16 and almost 18 now. Like we're still doing that. They still want us to come in and put them to bed every night. And so again, it's, it's establishing predictable touch points. And so that is one time that they know that we know every day that we're going to pray for them and pray with them. And then we try to pray before, before meals. You know, mm-hmm. I know that sounds trite, but again, that's a, that's a touch point. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of the time, like we'll, if we're driving and we see an accident, one of my, one of my girls inevitably, inevitably will say, oh my gosh, mom, let's pray for those people right now. Yeah. Or when they're just really frustrated or something scary happens, or they're just really emotional it's like, we just kind of do a pause to pray sometimes. It's like, you know what? That's really hard. What you just told me, like, that's, that is really rough what your friend's going through. Or that was a really hard um, conversation you had to have with your friend or, you know, whatever it is. It's all sort of emotional, relational stuff now because of the age of my kids. So it's like, mm-hmm. let's just, let's just put a, you know, put the pause on yeah. and let's just pray. Cause I don't know what to tell you. I have no good advice. So let's just go to God right now. That's awesome. Um, and it shows, like you said, that your, your faith isn't compartmentalized to church on Sunday or praying before meals. It's like, okay, this is heavy on your heart on the way to school. Let's, let's just pray about it real quick before you hop out of the car. Exactly. Um, that's, yeah. They, yeah. You're worried about that exam. Mm-hmm. You're worried about the, you know, the project you have to turn in or whatever. It's like, let's just you know, let's pause on that worry, mm-hmm. put it aside and let's just give it, give it to God. And obviously it's not the cure all for everything, but it, it has been, um, that sort of pray as you go idea yeah. has been key in our family. I know. Yeah. What about you guys? What do you do? Well, we're the same way. It's funny. Cause I'll be driving and like, I feel like the spirit being like, ah, oh, pray. Well, <laughs> Okay, this is probably TMI, but there's this guy and he is homeless. He looks like he probably struggles with maybe mental health or addiction issues. And he is very unkept and he's always walking around like our two mile vicinity around our house. We see him Mm. with with alcohol, like we see him in the morning, we see him at night. Mm. And so we've named him Ted. I don't know what his name is. But like every time they're like, Oh, there's Ted. And we, and we pray for him. Like every time we see him, we stop and we we just look so tormented. And sometimes I'm like, let's try to like, I'll try to pull over and like talk to him. And the kid's like, mom, but he's always like, it's right on, you know, Greenway. It's a busy street. So I can never talk to Ted, but like every time my heart just breaks for him and he just looks so broken. Mm. And I think my kids at first like, why are you, you don't even know him. You're weird. You know, but now they're like, Oh, there's Ted. Like their hearts are growing. I don't even know what the guy's name is, but, um, yeah. Anyway, for for Christmas, we we always see him going into the Circle K, and I we we, we were going to put together like a care package and then leave it for Ted, but we didn't know how to describe like you know the sketchy looking character that roams this area a lot. Like, could you get him a care package? So I kind of pointed out, but that is so but I wanted. I, I need to follow through because God keeps kind of putting it on my heart, but. So we're kind of those opportunity prayers, but also I will not take any credit for this, but I loved this. I saw it somewhere and I put it on a little poster board in the kitchen and it's kind of like prayer prompt for when we pray before dinner. No one has to do it. If you volunteer to pray before dinner, you can and on your own, or you can use this. And it says um, there's four lines. So it kind of takes you through that, that acts method of praying, you know, the adoration, mm-hmm. confession, right. and supplication, like the Lord's prayer. Method. So um, it's, I love you, God, for fill in the blank. Mm. Um, I'm sorry for yeah. fill in the blank. 
thank you for, and I want to ask you for. And so mm. I, I also want my kids to be comfortable praying in public. So I'll say, who would, who wants to pray? We don't force them to pray, but I want them to practice. Like just speak out loud. It's not weird. Nothing's off limits. You can talk to God and don't be, it's nothing to be ashamed of. And if they're like, I don't know what to say, they'll follow that little script. And it's cute. I'm mm. say like, I'm sorry for um, biting my brother. And I'm like, what? You bit your brother? <laughs> but it's kind of getting them that method of thinking about confession and talking. And, you know, so I loved that. I Wherever I saw it, probably on Pinterest or something. So I put that on the wall. So that's, that's awesome. I love that. And kid prayers are the best yeah. prayers. Like, honestly, yeah, some of the stuff you find out during the confessional time, you're thinking like, oh, Lord, didn't know they did that. I know, I know. Um, or what they ask for, you know, please be with my goldfish, you know, Jesus, because he, he's swimming a little sideways and I'm worried about it. You know, I know, it's, it's like, so cute. Your prayer requests of children are so funny. But but I do I do love that you guys pray for Ted. Oh, and and it, it grows there. It grows their compassion yeah. for people. And um, and I think that's important. So that's great. No, I love well, let's talk about um, number seven, and that is show affection to each other. Hand out hugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, be be affectionate with each other. And um, I, you know, I think we're pretty, we just kind of do this naturally in our family. But um, what about you guys? I, I think with boys, sometimes affection looks a little bit more like wrestling or rough and tumble and that kind of thing. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, we have this thing we call huggy cozy time, which is just like go in mom's bed and we all hug and cozy, you know, whatever, tickle, wrestle. But, you know, I I did hear somewhere, um, some researcher found out, who knows, it's crazy how they find this out, that kids need eight to 12 meaningful, meaningful touches a day to feel connected to a parent. And... Whether that's, it doesn't even have to be a hug. It could be a pat on the shoulder. It could be like you're fixing their collar and give, like giving them really good eye contact. And sometimes I'll go through a day and I'm like, I don't think I've touched my kids very much. You know, <laughs> and at the end of the day, I'm like, hugging yeah, movie time, yeah. mom's room. So it didn't really right. come naturally for me, which is very sad. And for my middle child, it is very awkward. And so we kind of force, <laughs> I'm like, come on, I must give you a hug today. Um, it's kind yeah. of a joke between us, but knowing that they do need that touch. Um, it's so important. And yeah, especially for boys, because it's for my boys, it's not supernatural for, well, one of them it is, but the other ones, it's not, I have to be intentional about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's funny. Cause I, I mean, I'm a hugger. Like I will hug anybody if they want to be hugged. <laughs> if they um, love you. <laughs> but sometimes if they don't want to be hugged, but I, you know, try to ask if it's not somebody I know well, but, um, <laughs> but I'm not a super cuddly person. Mm. Like I want like a one and done and you know, (laughs) so this has been interesting, like, um, for us and actually neither of my girls are super like snuggly. Like they weren't as babies either. Like they were ready to tackle the world. And if you wanted to cuddle them, it was like you were oppressing them. Mm. Um, and they just did not want, to be contained. And I think that's kind of what it is for me. Like, I don't want to be contained. You're making me hot. Like I got to roll away kind of a thing. Um, I, and maybe this is TMI, but like with my husband, I learned that I need to be big spoon and him be little spoon. Um, that's how I can manage the cuddling. So if you're someone like me or like Michelle, like 
I need to be big spoon because then I'm in control of when I can roll away if I get too yeah. hot. Yeah. If he's big spoon, then I'm, <sighs> I feel yeah. repressed. Mm-hmm. So, but he, but he loves being little spoon. So it works out. So anyway, <laughs> in terms of just like, like snuggling and cuddling affection time with your spouse too, like that's super important. And I'm not talking about sex. I'm talking about really? just meaningful. really like yeah. just meaningful touching and that's one of his love languages. It's really not mine, but I've kind of learned that that's how I, you know, that's how I do well is if I'm big spoon and same with my girls. Like I try to give them, I try to hug them and they're one of mine is not taller than me, but she's almost as tall as me. And then my other one is six foot two. She's taller than me. And so I can like tuck my chin up underneath her or my head up underneath her chin. And I just kind of stand there and I hold her. So I try to mm-hmm. tell myself, First thing in the morning when I see them, they get a long hug. They get a long mama hug. And, and again, that, that nighttime bedtime routine is important, you know, just rubbing their back or tickling their back. Like these are literal touch points through the day that, that are vital. And if you've got teenagers like me, they can be a little prickly like a porcupine, you know? And so, but, uh, but there are, there are porcupines and they still want to be hugged and they still want to be loved. And you do have to kind of make a joke about it sometime. Like, come here. Yeah. You gotta come hug your mama. <laughs> you, you know, it's like, make it about you, not about them. Like, right. I need this. Or, you need to come fill my love tank today mm-hmm. or I won't leave you alone kind of a thing. But um, they do need it. Uh, okay. and, and it's vital. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, our eighth and final secret to a happy family is laugh together, which as you know, Karis and I talk about a lot. We are always looking for opportunities to have inside jokes, mock each other in a loving way. Like I feel like Mm -hmm. if something happens funny in our family, like my kids make fun of how loud I answer their phone. And so whenever the phone rings, (laughs) hello, like I'm actually like, you answered so loud. I'm like, well, I can't hear it first. I don't know. So they're like, oh, the phone's ringing. Hello. There goes mom. You know, you, oh, it's like you do answer the phone loud. Dude, that's dude. funny. I don't, <laughs> well, because my phone's broken, it's on speaker. Anyway, okay. Hello? I can defend myself. What I'm, but what I'm saying, it's like it's. I don't care. It's funny. I I would much rather have right. it fun of me, and we all just kind of laugh at each other than be so yes. strict and so serious and straight face. So yeah, yeah. Do so. Um, are any of your boys sort of more on the sensitive side where if their brothers or you or Mike did that to them, they would feel bad about it? Like, do you ever run into that or is everybody pretty, pretty fair? Game? I think they're kind of used to like, look, if you're going to roll with us, you're going to be poked fun of. No, no, we're not going right. to get like below the belt. You know what I'm saying? We're not going for right. yeah. weaknesses, insecurities. We're just talking right. weird, quirky, funny things, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And, I, and I'm not asking to yeah. point the finger because we're exactly this way in, yeah. in my, in our Murray family. Like we, the way we love each other is through mockery and sarcasm. Yeah. Most of the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and those are our, those are two extra love languages <laughs> that we have added to the five long love languages is mockery and sarcasm. And, and it's funny with, um, with my kids' friends, my girls' friends who have become you know, much more unfolded in our family. Like they each have a couple of friends that I consider like my own kids. And so there kind of comes a point in the relationship 
<laughs> where they're kind of getting um, enfolded into the Murray family. And it's like, you kind of have to gauge, um, right. okay, are they ready yeah. to okay. enter the holy of holies of mockery? Like, <laughs> right. because, right. you know, you don't want to hurt their feelings For and sure. you just don't know, like, if that's not everybody's family culture. So it's been interesting. Like, it's always gone. It's always gone well. But of course, yeah. I'm always worried that I'm going to like hurt their feelings by, you know, and again, yeah, you're right. We're not making fun, first of all, of, of their bodies no. or their looks or right. things that they can't choose and can't change. Right. Mm -hmm. Or even just their, you know, like their core things, like that's right. not what you make fun of, but yeah, yeah, something like how, how loud they answer the phone is funny yeah. or, <laughs> um, you know, Oh yeah. yeah. Like Hunter, our so, child, he's really petite. And then when he wears his huge, bicycle helmet he has like this dome so we've started the chant called skinny mini with a meatball head <laughs> so when rides, we all think skinny mini with a meatball head skin and then he just goes in we're like oh he doesn't have a big head but his helmet is like twice the size of his dome so like we all just we yeah. all make fun of the meatball head but <laughs> when he writes that's so awesome so that kind of i love it it would be hard if you had someone in your family not hard but you would just want to be careful if someone in your family was a little yeah. sensitive and someone is right yeah a little more sensitive mm -hmm. and, and again sensitive even to things that are not core to them because we're right. not suggesting that anybody should like make fun of people in a negative way but For i sure. think i don't know i think our listeners understand the difference between yeah. just kind of joshing each other and and that but you know that's one way to laugh together and then honestly we just like life is just funny mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. none of us in our family are like joke tellers like we're not I mean, one hysterical thing is actually my husband attempting to tell a joke, a joke. that he heard because a dad joke or I mean, any joke, he it, it's like he 100 percent of the time will mess it up. Like it's like he cannot not give away the punchline in advance by accident. Like, no. so it's like, he's trying to remember a joke That's and awesome. he's a little bit dyslexic. So he'll like flip around the punchline and you're just like, what? And he's like, no, wait, no, wait, no, no. Okay. Forget I oh said my that. Gosh. So just him trying to tell a joke, a joke successfully yeah. and never, and never getting it right is Come a long-standing joke in our family. Like it's hysterical. So we're not good at telling jokes, no. so to speak, yeah. but just every, everyone in my family is just off the cuff funny. Uh -huh. And, um, especially my kids, they're just hysterical and life is funny. And so like, they'll come home and they'll tell a story about something that happened. Mm -hmm. It's far, it's far funnier to like, hear them tell the story about what happened than probably even to be there oh, and to see it happen. But, um, and you're good at this too. You're a great storyteller. Like when something happens in your life and you come into the office and you tell me the story, <laughs> I'm on the floor. <laughs> Um, it's so so funny and uh so and then we're goofy like we have like crazy dance-offs at my and my family like that's one thing that we're you know new tradition during quarantine during quarantine is that we're um learning all these tiktok dances like the most recent one was the carol baskin yeah. tiktok dance that we all I learned and are performing together even mike so like just, I don't know. Don't take yourself so seriously all the time. Like laughter, sometimes laughter is all you got. Mm -hmm. And, um, we laugh a lot. Yeah. 
What about you? No, guys? same. I mean, I always want to be laughing. Otherwise, it's not fun. It's too serious. Life's too hard to be serious, <laughs> right? So, yeah, yeah, life is hard enough, and and um, and it is funny that that sometimes the the times that we laugh the most that are the funniest seem to be like the most inappropriate times that something should be funny. <laughs> um, but that's life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to find that joy, that just little, little, um, breath of joy, Mm -hmm. even in hard things. Um, you know, and I've had members of my family who have been very sick with diseases. Can't, you know, I have a brother-in-law who's fought cancer multiple times. And it's so interesting the times that I have, you know, visited somebody at the hospital who's really sick or, or, you know, been with one of my family members when they're fighting off this horrible disease, or they've lost somebody that they love. It's like, is that the time that we should be laughing? I don't know. But sometimes those are the times that we all laugh the mm-hmm. most. And in grief, it's okay to laugh. Like it is okay to be grieving and then also to to laugh. And we don't have to feel guilty about that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. That's a good point. Well, you yeah. will put these eight secrets to a happy family on the show notes. And if you have any others, we'd love to hear you have, the, have you share those with us. Um, please subscribe, yeah. leave a comment if you're enjoying the podcast. We'd love to hear from you if there's any topics that you would like us to specifically cover. And you can contact us at family at familymatters.net um, or on our Facebook page or on our website familymatters.net so we're here if you need us to pray for you or however we can support you yes hang in there everybody it's gonna get better yes all right bye-bye bye thank you for listening to the grace-based families podcast this is part of family matters ministries For more podcasts and resources, check us out on familymatters.net slash podcast or stream us on all major podcast platforms. Once again, this is Karis and Michelle. Until next time.